0: hey guys this is thomas brown and welcome to the thomas vision podcast i'm a filmmaker currently based in atlanta and this podcast consists of conversations with the professionals i meet along the way so we are here again with the lovely and experienced wedding planner jan hill hello hi jan how are you doing
1: i'm wonderful
0: today we are going to be talking about common mistakes entrepreneurs make when they're starting a new business so this is applies to anyone not just wedding professionals right. I think this will apply to everyone but one thing I wanted to um ask you about is that you just got finished planning like uh events at all-star weekend right I did what was that like
1: that was a lot of fun it was a lot of work definitely a lot of work a lot of um, legs to it and a lot of moving parts, but it was an awesome, awesome experience. Um, helped plan three events for a client uh, for All-Star Weekend. The biggest event was Friday evening of All-Star. We had about mm, between 1,600, 1,800 guests that showed up for this party. It was good. It that was, was good. good. It was a lot of work. Um, learned quite a bit. Can tell you tell us a little bit about it? Like,
0: walking in, like, what, what, what did you actually have to do like
1: well i mean from start to finish Mm. had to locate a venue that Mm -hmm. could accommodate the group um you know
0: and so you're doing the players the 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 basketball players you were setting up like a a kind of reception for them
1: no it was more so kenny smith has an annual event every year and um, it was held in Charlotte, of course, this year for All-Star Weekend, and I was tapped to help plan his annual bash nice. that he does. So yeah, it was really So you got good.
0: to meet a lot of the players... Well, well, I, I know you were work working. working. I know you were working. I know you got to see them I at least. I was in work yeah.
1: mode. I got to see a few. Mm-hmm. Um, I did run into a former classmate of mine, Kevin Garnett. Awesome. Uh, we went to high school together. I was a cheerleader. Wow. And played ball. And so um, those were some exciting games back in high school. But it was great to see him again. It's been a few years. and um, But yeah, it was, it was a great experience.
0: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know you have done lots of big events. And I, I definitely wanted to hear about that. Yeah. So, now we can hop into common mistakes that people who are just starting their business, just, you know, uh, meeting their first clients for the first time, just getting their first clients for the first time, Mm -hmm. common mistakes that they run into. Mm -hmm. Now, what, uh, first, let's start with this. I'm going to tell you that my, one of my first mistakes that I had when I first started my business is I kept my prices low. Or too a little bit too long, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, a few people came up to me, uh, like photographers, when they uh-huh. meet me at an event. And when we got to meet, they're like, "Oh my gosh, your price is too low." Um, what What would you suggest? How when you how will a person know when to raise their prices when they're first getting started?
1: Well, I think it comes with self evaluation. Um, of course, you're when you're starting out, you're just trying to get the business. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, But I think once you've gotten some experience under your belt, it's important to sit and really evaluate what, you, what, what you're doing and um, think about the time that it takes to put into the services that you provide. And then do some, I don't want to say comparison shopping, but just kind of look at the market that you're in um, and see what, I mean, some people publish rates I personally don't like to do that um, because I feel like with wedding planning and full service wedding planning, each event is different on its own merits. So I, you know, do custom proposals for people based on what the needs are, the details, the logistics. However, in my mind, I know what my minimum is Mm -hmm. and what I can take for an event and not go below that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you're, you have to live, you know, when you're, you're going from corporate America into the entrepreneur world um, there's some risks. I mean, it's good to have savings before taking the leap if you can um, and prepare for it. I know there've been instances where people don't have that opportunity. Maybe they've been, you know, laid off from a position or, you um, You know, something has happened where they they are not working full time and they're having to really make a decision on the fly. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. But if you have that opportunity to plan ahead, that really does help. But just really understanding and knowing the value of what you're providing. Sometimes that takes some research and looking into.
0: And I think that is probably one of the main things that a a lot of people who are starting a business don't do mm-hmm. is research. Especially, I found a lot of uh, young filmmakers who have come to me have not done a lot of research on, uh, at all mm-hmm. on what other people are charging, um, what to deliver, um, turnaround times. They're just kind of going with the flow. And that's one thing I did do is I did do a lot of research mm-hmm. on my competitors, on what I would like to do and what I would like to eventually be charging. I always knew that uh, but like I said and when I say for me mm-hmm. I, it was probably like a year and a half. Right. I, my my price was low and then after that I, I raised them and and really for me um oh, no clients were watching this right? <laughs> but no probably I, I I probably after that raised my prices maybe like every 5 to 6 months mm-hmm. um until I got to a place where um you know i i felt the market you know probably wouldn't budge right uh, any further right so uh, i'm not sure if it was the same for you because i know mm-hmm. I, i've talked to a lot of um people who were able to just you know kind of start at a real high mm-hmm. you know price and, and and stay there but you was it a gradual you know climb for you as well
1: it was somewhat of a gradual climb mm. um like you i wanted to make sure that i was holding up on my end of things and being I wanted to be comfortable to demand a certain mm-hmm. price. And um, I'm definitely comfortable at that point right now. But back then, you know, I was still growing, still learning. And I felt like as I gained more experience, then I would feel more comfortable charging more. And it's not just based on the experience, because like you said, there are some people that come out charging the same thing that someone that's been in the industry, you know, 10 years or more, which, you know, you know, Looking at it, it really just depends. Maybe they just have this talent, talent you know, for yeah. mm-hmm. that's just inc- incredible and they have what it takes to do that. But the majority of those that do that do not yeah. and don't really understand what it takes to really be able to request or demand that price point. Um, and, you know, maybe it's worth getting someone that's a colleague or a business coach that is in in my world, I think it's important to have someone that's in the industry that understands what you do to maybe evaluate someone that you trust and feel like would really want to see you do well. Talk to them about it you know, talk about what you offer and, you know, see what they would recommend. They may not give you a price, you know, say this is what you should charge, but it'll get your juices flowing and have you think about what you need to do in order to demand a certain level.
0: And I know uh, for me, I probably didn't start working on this until year three is mm-hmm. branding, mm-hmm. making sure your all- branding is in place. And what you want your company to feel like, what you want it to sound like, what you want the, your personality of your brand to be like, and mm-hmm. I'm so all for that right now. I was actually uh, doing an event I told you about mm-hmm. um, with the knot, and it, it was so funny. I was filming the behind the scenes for an event, mm-hmm. um, you know, and um, I still raised my hand to like you know, <laughs> give advice because yeah. I heard a lot of people talking, and um, a, a lot of the uh, businesses were new there, and I was like. You know, a a lot of people were, um, you know, concerned about reaching out to clients on social media and, you know, kind of following them on social media and how that. and, and, And my advice for that is if all of your branding on your website and your Instagram, your Facebook, whatever shows that you're outgoing, you're friendly, you're social, then I, I think clients will love that. I mean, you don't mm-hmm. want to do it in, in a bad way, like you know, right, right, right. stalk people <laughs> <laughs> on, right. on, on social media. Exactly. But if you just reach out to them and you're friendly and say, hey, mm-hmm. listen, um, you know, you hired me to plan your event or film your event. I would love to you know, follow your personal journey as well so I can kind of see what you're about and you can see more of what I'm about. I think that's a, a really great way to approach things. Uh, do you have any uh, kind of tips on branding that you've mm-hmm. learned over the years to – kind of uh, help newcomers shape uh, themselves when they come into any industry?
1: Right. I mean, to me, it's really just about being true to yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to, especially with social media – to see so much you're inundated with information and looking at what your peers are doing and everyone else is doing and you know some people say look for someone that you're you look up to and emulate them which I mean can be good advice to a certain extent but when it comes to really establishing your true brand you know really For me, I think it's looking deep within yourself, um, thinking about your business and what you want others to see from you and being authentic being authentic. Um, I think we, like, again, we get mm-hmm. so caught up in looking at everything on Instagram and Facebook and, Oh, they're doing that. Maybe I need to do it this way, yeah. or maybe my color should be this, but you know, my favorite color is coral <laughs> and I love aqua. Just, Oh, I love those colors together. And so my original business colors for love weddings and events were coral and aqua. But as you know, I'm going through my, my rebrand and if switched over to j hill events and i've dropped the the um the coral and you know going with a few different palettes now a different palette and to me it's really grown it's a little more mature mm-hmm. than where i started it's been like i said 12 years in this business and um with that growth comes change in the rebrand and maybe a new focus You know, as like as you get older you know you think about things differently and you may want to be seen in a different light but it takes time to really do some self-searching and, and even some research and see where you are what your market is like but definitely who your target customers are and that to me helps with rebranding or branding in general
0: so You've been doing this for 12 years mm-hmm. now. And what I love about you, Jan, is that every event I see you at, you're happy. You're with a smile. You don't seem burned out. I, now I'll tell you, <laughs> year three, I was burned out. I did mm-hmm. like 60 weddings. Mm-hmm. How did you do this for 12 years? Mm-hmm. And I think that will be really great advice for people. Um, and not get burned out. How do you stay positive and not get burned out? So I guess it's kind of a, a mm-hmm. two-part question right. for, for so long.
1: You know, I
0: got to take notes on this.
1: Sure. It's (laughs) not easy now because we love what we do. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm very passionate about what I do. And for me, it's not work when I'm planning events. And so there have been times there was maybe a year or so where I just needed a distraction. And my distraction was keeping myself very busy. I did not like that at all because I think it's important to pace yourself so that you not only have the time to dedicate to your clients and give them what they are paying you for, but you also have to take better care of yourself, which is still a challenge for me at times. I need to take a vacation, putting it on the calendar this year, but, um, but really just taking the time to plan ahead uh, definitely helps with scheduling And in terms of my temperament and not appearing frazzled, even when there's a lot going on and there might be chaos Mm -hmm. in the background, for me as the planner, my mom calls me the head of the octopus and my partners, my vendor partners Mm -hmm. are the arms, I feel like if I get excited, overwhelmed or show that I'm concerned about something Mm -hmm. then the trickle down effect. It affects everyone else's mood and attitudes. And so I do my best and get into solution mode and try to remain as positive as possible so that everyone has a good time and is able to work together as Mm -hmm. a team. Yeah. I mean, it's just setting expectations also for yourself as well Mm -hmm. as, as the client and not getting overwhelmed with things um, you know, there, like I said, there are times where you really have to evaluate and there might be a, an event that you're working on and for whatever reason, things are not meshing well mm-hmm. with the client. Like, you know, I've had some that were very, um, your project managers and wanting to micromanage what yeah. I did. And you have to take a step back and say, Hey, you know, I really, you know, appreciate you booking me. However, if things continue in this way, we may need to decide to part ways. Yes. And it's okay to do that. Um, if you're not comfortable, if you don't feel like it's going to work out well for you and the client, sometimes it's just best to, part ways of course I wouldn't leave someone hanging no, <laughs> for of the end of an event mm-hmm. but you know if there's enough time for them to um you know speak with someone else then you know that's what you have to do to protect yourself um from getting caught up in those situations
0: no and I, I think that's really great advice because mm-hmm. I'll tell you in the beginning um probably like for the first two years I would take like every client mm-hmm. but as time went on Um, I'm really just as picky as the clients Mm -hmm. are at looking for like a videographer or event planner. Mm -hmm. I'm just as kind of picky with clients I want to work with as well. And so we should be interviewing
1: them just like they're interviewing us. Yeah. You know,
0: Uh, definitely. So um, the next thing I wanted to talk about um, and it it came, my thought came back to me is uh, when you do have a client that and I know you, you kind of touched on it. That you have problems with, but if you're going to continue that relationship, mm-hmm. what are some steps uh, that you have in place? I know for myself, one thing I do, like say after I finish a pro uh, project, and you know, doing what I do is is really creative, and it's really um I don't want to say dangerous, but it's really a touchy thing because you know sometimes my creativity and how I see something, mm-hmm. since I'm filming the event, I'm right. editing the event, um, is different, even though myself and the client talked about it. Because you know they have their own imagination, and so what one thing I like to do if a client has you know any uh, changes or requests is put everything in writing, in writing. that has helped <laughs> me I, I think only one time in my career mm-hmm. um uh, the 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 clients just did not want to put anything in in writing, but um you know i, I you know I stuck to my guns right. because I think having things in writing will not only help you communicate with the client better it will Save any arguments or anything later because you can refer back to it and it's so hard in this day and age of texting Mm -hmm. everyone wants to text everything it's so hard (laughs) to refer back listen i tell people
1: if you want me to remember something or recall something because i have brides that text me all the time Mm -hmm. but i'll tell them listen if i need to know this if this is important please email it to me you don't know what someone's doing they could be driving or Mm -hmm. you know in the middle of another event you know and you'll try to reference things and send them but I, I tell them up front in the beginning of the planning process. If it's something that is important to this process that we need to remember, please put it in an email. And then like you said... If there are things that have come up or it's in a discussion, Mm -hmm. follow up with an email that says per our discussion on such and such date, this is what was discussed, you know, and bullet point everything and then you have it. So, you know, and and email it to them so they have a record as well. So those are are some ways of doing doing that.
0: So I'm glad you mentioned that Mm -hmm. because email bullet points. But when you said the bullet points. Uh, What really came to mind too was the agreement. The agreement is so important, and I know so many new videographers. I cringe when they tell me that they don't have a contract or agreement. Or they'll just send an invoice
1: with the services list. I'm like, where do you sign? Like, what?
0: I even have that I have to eat hot food oh, yes. at the reception, oh, yes. <laughs> you know? Um, so the agreement is so important. Mm-hmm. And like I said, for any business that you're in, you should be sending your clients an agreement. And as you, if you ever bump heads with a client, you want to, of course, smooth it over. You always mm-hmm. want to be, um, you know, leave, if you can leave things, um, you leave your client, clients with a good taste in their mouth. But any bump you hit in the road, I add it right to my contract. Right. If, the, you know, if it's something that I was like, okay, this is like like the food thing. Mm-hmm. Like when I first started doing weddings, some venues oh, would either um have like the food in like the freezer for like six months. And then when vendors come, they'll give it to them or they'll give like a peanut butter sandwich. Right. And like some chips. I had and I'm a, like, I've been working for 14 hours today. I, I didn't mean,
1: eat. <laughs> I had one where it was a cold like salad, a hard a piece of chicken that had no flavor a roll that literally one of the vendors took it and threw it across the room and it hit the wall and sounded like a rock. Um, yes. So most of the the people that I work with, it's written in their mm-hmm. contract that we are to be provided a hot meal. Those vendors that are going to be with you for hours and hours on the day of, that's the least that I feel like someone could do. Or... If you'd prefer, they could leave for thirty minutes Mm -hmm. and come back. (laughs) What would you prefer for your vendors to be there, or to be an hour, right? Or you know, (laughs) thirty minutes to an hour, forty-five minutes. I've seen that in a contract. Mm -hmm. You know, if you do not provide a hot meal, then we will be leaving at such and such time to get food and then come back. So, you know,
0: because I'll tell you, um, I have filmed a lot of. Uh, for people not familiar with it, Mm -hmm. uh, Nigerian weddings, they Mm -hmm. have kind of a different flow uh, than certain weddings. You know, there's certain uh, cultural backgrounds Mm -hmm. where their events tend to work uh, a little bit different, just like, um, you know, uh, South Asian uh, weddings. Yes. Uh, So I have been at, like, uh, you know, Nigerian wedding that, you know, sometimes they go a lot longer, about 12 hours. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when that reception starts, And the guests start eating. I'm like, we need to eat right now. It's been 12 hours. I haven't eaten since 8 a.m. in the morning. Yes, yes. And um, they're like, you know, oh, we don't know what to do for you. So,
1: but that's why having a planner mm-hmm. that knows this,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> knows these things is so important. I take care of my vendors and try to make sure that everybody has what they need. And, you know, it's also important for people to make sure they're aware of dietary requirements. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone doesn't eat pork or, you know, um, or vegetarian, yeah. vegan, yeah, those vegetarian. types of options. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's important to put that in your, if it's not in, maybe in your contract, make sure that the planner and mm. the client is aware of what your needs are
0: yeah and and i'm good uh and i, I will tell you uh maybe i will add that into my agreement i don't have mm-hmm. that i'm a vegetarian mm-hmm. in there but most of the time people have vegetables so i'll just right. you know, right. take right. my assistants' vegetables and give them my chicken <laughs> you know right. and we make it work as long as i have something to eat i'm fine yes uh so um i don't know uh is there um we're about done now is mm-hmm. there uh any other things that uh you would uh, recommend to new people starting a business, we talked about um, your brand branding, we talked mm-hmm. about agreements, uh, we talked about the importance of communicating uh, via email and having things in writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else that you can think of that you've learned over time?
1: Yes, just really getting to know who your target client is and you know that may change over time and that's when you may consider doing your a rebrand at that point but really in the beginning taking the time to know who your client is and then using the resources that you have to figure everything out and how to get started um shadow someone that's in the field that you're entering yes. i mm-hmm. think that's very important and look for organizations that may support you and introduce you to new things and people that can help you along the way
0: i i think we we definitely have to touch on those two things a little mm-hmm. bit more before we end things i think that's so important mm-hmm. shadowing yes someone yes is so important and um uh, definitely. What was the other one? So shadowing someone,
1: organization, yeah, and, and organization mm-hmm.
0: uh, is is uh, so important. No, no. Uh, the other one was um, finding your ideal client. Oh yes, finding
1: your and ideal client. And I really
0: client. think uh, let's start with that one because okay. I really think fi- like finding your ideal client mm-hmm. really, I think comes back kind of to your branding and knowing who your brand is. I don't think mm-hmm. you can know who your ideal client is Mm -hmm. until you kind of know who you are Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just like a relationship right you can't find someone who's perfect for you until you kind of know who you are right
1: oh time timer
0: i think learning who your business is learning what your voice of your business is Mm -hmm. will really help out With you, you know, finding your ideal client.
1: Right. And I think it's kind of twofold. Like if you're, you're shadowing someone, you'll get to know whether the people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who their client is, is the right type of client for you or not. But for me, I literally have a dry erase board. Mm -hmm. Came up with the name of the couple, um, what they did for a living, what their budget was, where they shop, what kind of style they may like. And... That is okay. my client. And every time I talk to someone about style, my personal style is very transitional. Mm-hmm. I love timeless, classic uh, design, but also mixed in with some contemporary, uh, edgy pieces but done in a cohesive way and pretty much every client that i talk to that has booked me has a similar style some lean either way but um most of them are pretty much the same and you know that excites me you want to have a client that will not necessarily be easy but easy in terms of you understanding and wanting to show um what that style means so yeah
0: well, thank you again, Jan. You're welcome. It was great talking with you today. And um, where can people find you?
1: Sure. jhillevents.com is the website. On Instagram, I'm j.hillevents, as well as on Facebook.
0: Hey, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed listening in today, consider subscribing to the podcast. See you next time.